This is One Oak Church. We exist to share the hope of Jesus. No matter who you are or where you're at in life, you are welcome. Our mission is simple, to bring people that are far from God close to Him. Tune in as Pastor Robbie Emery shares how we change the world by loving God and loving others. Luke chapter 8, verse number 43, it says, Now a woman having a flow of blood or an issue of blood, Scripture says, for 12 years. She had an issue of blood for 12 years. She had a problem for 12 years. Every day she woke up with a problem. Every night when she laid her head on her pillow, she went to sleep with a problem. For 12 years, she had an issue. It's a long time. A long time to live with something, a long time to go through something. She spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any. Everything that she had was spent on doctors and medicines. Spent everything she had and couldn't be healed by any, but Verse 44, excuse me, I think there's, go to, and she, go to verse 43, sorry. Now a woman having a flow of blood, an issue of blood for 12 years, who spent all her livelihood in physicians and could not be healed by any. She said, she, the Bible says, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. She came from behind and touched the border of Jesus' garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power go out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Incredible story. For 12 years, she tried everything. And in one moment, her life was forever changed. I mentioned this last week, but I believe in what we do every Sunday. I believe in this moment here. I believe in collective faith. I believe in your faith. I believe in this moment today, God can change your life forever. You may have been battling something for as long as 12 years or maybe just 12 minutes, but in this moment, something can happen. Something can change. God can do a whole lot in a little bit of time than we could ever do in a lifetime. It can happen today. It can happen in this moment. Bow your heads with me today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing in all of our lives. God, we are a blessed people because of you, knowing that every good and perfect gift comes from above. So God, we say thank you today. Thank you for the roof we have over our heads, even if, God, for a time period we were without power, we still had a roof. God, maybe it was uncomfortable, we still had you. So we say thank you today. Thank you, God, for this community that we have of One Oak Church. I pray, God, that we would be a community that blesses, a community that helps, a community that's generous. We ask you, Lord, today that you do what only you can do. And today, at 3 p.m., you'd allow the Michigan Wolverines win the Big Ten Championship. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Come on, somebody. That's my first time I prayed that. That's all right. I, I like to travel. I do. I, I enjoy traveling. Well, let me just say this. I, 
I enjoy arriving more than I do traveling. Because you think about it, getting into a car full of three kids and you know, driving a long distance, that's, that can be quite, that can be a nightmare. And most of the times I'll travel on a plane, but that even in itself is scary. Getting into a tube, right, with a bunch of other people, it's, it's crazy. And you know, like when you, if you, how many have ever been on a plane? You've ever been on a plane, right? Do you know the air that you're breathing on a plane is recycled? No, it is. You're breathing someone else's breath. Do you know when you turn that on above you? Don't turn it on. It's the equivalent of something breathing on you the entire trip. <sighs> That's what I think about when I travel. Did you catch the Oprah special, right? Oprah knows everything about everything. Like the Oprah special about the, 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 the water in the bathroom that you use to wash your hands with, there's so many chemicals in that water. Like they use the same stuff, probably the blue stuff that's in the toilet to wash that sink and the water don't. That's why they say don't drink it because you're gonna be in the bathroom the entire trip. But I enjoy arriving. I, I enjoy getting to my destination. I really love coming home. I enjoy coming home. It was a last minute trip. I got invited somewhere and, and I, I went out, 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 out west, I went out to Colorado for a couple days and, and really just, just 36 hours, 48 hours and we were there. And is, man, the, the elevation is 7,500 feet elevation when you arrive, right? It's a mile high city and I go up to 7,500 feet elevation and, and you can get altitude sickness, right? You ever heard of that? Altitude sickness. Like, I'm heavy breathing, man. I'm not even done a workout or anything. And I'm like, my head's hurting. I'm like, what's going on? Well, you may have a twinge of altitude sickness. I'm like, all right, that's fun. <laughs> and how do I get rid of this? Is it contagious? And, and so I'm there and I get used to it after a while. And, and so I, I get on a horse. I've never ridden a horse. I get on a horse, folks, like this massive beast. And it takes me on a journey through the hills and stuff. And that's cool. And then we have the bright idea to hike up a mountain. Like, to hike up a higher elevation. So the top of it, we hiked up, so you hike up a little bit, and then you gotta climb, right? I'm, I'm, I love the outdoors, but I'm not an outdoorsman, all right? I love sports, but I'm not an athlete. How many people can, you love those things, you just can't do those things. That's me. I enjoy being outside, but I'm not like an outdoorsman. So I'm climbing up this mountain, and, 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 and it's 9,000 feet at the top. What I didn't realize is that there's, well, I guess false peaks, right? And when I think we're there, we're not. When I think, man, I, I, if I was on that hike by myself, I would have quit a long time ago. I would have stopped long before I ever reached the top. You know, that's why, that's why we have a community. That's why we're here together. Because a lot of times we give up, or we would give up if we were on our own long before we ever reached the peak. And we, I, I couldn't see hardly anything when I was stuck in the hike and I was climbing the rocks. All I could see was rock. But when I got to the top, I could see a lot farther than I could see when I was stuck in the middle. And see, we have a journey. We're on this journey, this Christian faith walk that we're on. And God wants you to get to your destination. He wants to get, to you, get you to get to your peak. And we're here together. We worship together. We pray together because we can do a whole lot more together. We can go faster alone, but we can go farther together. And I believe that. We, we, we had one guy who was with us and he had to take his time and man, I, I'm, uh, we were like, we were waiting on him and we, give us an excuse to wait because we're all tired but we don't want to be that one, right? We don't want to be, you know, we're all men. And so we'd wait. 
We, we didn't go very fast, but we did get to the top. All of us got to the top. We're on this journey, man. We want to succeed. We want to see God take your family from point A to point B to point C. We want to be in this together. We believe it. And so I, I love going places. I love traveling. I love arriving and coming home, man. I love coming home. I love being at home and, and arriving home and after, you know, a few days. And, and I love it when my kids come in, hey, dad's home, and give me a big hug. And they're usually looking for something because I tend to bring something home. But, and I bribe my kids to love me. How many other parents do that? And I get home and embrace my wife. I love my home. I, I love, there's certain things at home, it's just comfortable. I, I put my shoes right there in the middle of the floor. My wife's like, hey, put your shoes away. I'm like, no, I like my shoes there. That's where my shoes go. And she said, hey, are you going to put your backpack away? I'm like, no, my backpack is away. That's where I want my backpack. I've been putting it there for 17 years. That's where I want it to go. This is my house. This is, that, that's my space. That's where it goes. It belongs right there in the middle of the floor. I'm sorry. Now the kids, they have to put their stuff away because they're on borrowed time. They don't own the house I do or the bank does. <laughs> the church said amen. We've been talking about that. We want this, this place, this space to be home to you. I want you to feel comfortable here. I want your children to feel comfortable here. That's why you belong here is plastered all over this place. So when our, our team, when they welcome you to the church, we want, we want them to say, we're glad you're here because we are. We want this place to feel like home. This is home. You can set your stuff down. You can worship the way you want to worship. You can pray the way you want to pray. Because this is home. We want this to be a, a safe space for you. Who you're with matters. And that's why we want to build a strong community and go places. We talked about it last week, but who you're with matters, it does. The other, not too long ago, we took our, our kids to Universal Studios. And uh, it's just awful idea. Anyways, um, but I have a friend of mine who, who knows someone who works for Universal, a CEO, a vice president. And, and so they, they gave us a hookup, right? You know, if you get the hookup, that's cool. Because you can save like thousands of dollars. So they hooked us up with this pass. It's like the golden pass. And because of we knew this person, because he, we got connected with him, we were able to go past every line at Universal. I'm not making this stuff up. Like we didn't have to wait in one single line at Universal Studios. It was amazing. We went to the back door of Universal, walked in, walked to every line. People were like, who are these people? Like, are they a Kardashian or what? I don't know. How come they get to the front of the line? Because who we were with mattered. It got us to places we could never get on our own. It wasn't because of anything we did. It was just because of who we were with, who we said we're with. Who you're with matters. This was a woman with an issue. She lived with an issue for 12 years. She lived with a problem for 12 years. She was with an issue and she was tired of living with that and was ready to trade who she was with. You're ready to trade who you're with. Don't look at your spouse. <laughs> who you're with matters. Who you're with tells a story so you don't have to. Who you're with explains everything. Who you're associated with says a lot. Who you're associated with gets you access into otherwise restricted areas. What are you doing? Why, you can't go back here. No, no, I hear this is who I'm with. 
This is my card. This gives me access to otherwise restricted areas. Who you're with, Jesus Christ gives you access to otherwise restricted areas. That's what he came to earth for. He justified us. He, was the, he, was the, he redeemed us. He was the propitiation for our sins. He stood in our place. He got us access to the Father. So when the Father looks at us, he doesn't see broken, flawed us. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ who covers all of our sins. Jesus Christ gives us that access. Who you're with matters. Come on, come on, clap your hands. That's a good preacher. You may be new to One Oak Church. We, we're a talkback church. You can say amen. You can say hallelujah. You can say preach, white boy, whatever you want. Whatever you want to say, it's all good. Come on, Lo, get with me. Amen. Come on, the kids are saying, that's it, man. Yes. That's the best amen. Psalms 23, verse 4, right? You know this. Even though I walk through the valley, through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. How can I go through the valley? How can I face the toughest trials of my life? It's because God's with me. Because he's who you're with matters. You're with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. At One Oak Church, people are our heart. Love God, love others. Our heart is for all people. All people are loved by Jesus. People matter. All for the one to lead people to the one. We make no apologies for being specifically focused on reaching those far from God. We desire to bring the broken home at all costs. We believe that our light is best seen in the night. We believe families are something to be celebrated. Everyone has a family, and whether your family is more traditional or something that looks completely different, you matter to us. It's our hope that you would experience the love and purpose and growth that God desires for your family. Because diversity is our image. We are a multicultural, multi-generational community. That is our church. This is home. In this passage, it speaks of this incredible transformation that takes place in the life of this lady. Why are you talking about home? Why are you talking about all this? Because I'm going to lay something out to you, a truth out to you, that this lady, because she had an issue, became an outcast. She couldn't be home as usual. She couldn't be among community as usual. She wouldn't be accepted as usual because her issue said that she was unclean. She would become an outcast. Everyone had left her. The only acquaintance, the only thing that she had was this, she had an issue. Her best friend was her issue. Have you ever had an issue? Maybe there's some here today, maybe you have. An issue. Maybe you walked into this place with an issue. We all have issues. We all have things we face. We all have dark moments. We all have issues. And this woman, it was believed that the woman was a Gentile from Caesarea Philippi. The woman with the issue of blood, her shame was she was unclean. Her issue of blood had cut her off from life. From the Jewish point of view, this woman cannot have suffered from any more terrible or humiliating disease than an issue of blood. It was terrible. It was a trouble that was very common in Palestine. The Talmud set out no fewer than 11 cures for this disease. Some of them were tonics, astringents, but mostly just superstitious remedies. Carrying an ostrich bag and a, carrying an ostrich egg in a linen bag was one of the remedies to fix it. Does that fix it? When Mark tells this story, he makes it clear that this woman had tried everything and gone to every available doctor and was worse instead of better. 
the horror of this disease was that it rendered the sufferer unclean. Law laid it down in Leviticus 15, and that whoever touches the woman or things that she has touched or contaminated, they themselves would be considered unclean. She was absolutely shut off from the worship of God and the fellowship of men and women. She was unclean. It was more than just a disease. It was more than just an issue for 12 years. It separated for her from everyone. You see, the disease is a little different these days. Issues are a little different these days. Where law doesn't separate us, we separate ourselves. We face a problem, we don't go to church. We have an issue, we make a mistake, we stop coming to connect groups. We stop involving ourselves. The issues are still there and the results are still the same. Separation, isolation. That was true for her. She was shut off from everyone. Think about it, a vibrant young woman with her entire life in front of her, trapped by this crippling disease. She was ambitious, enthusiastic about everything. That all came to a screeching halt when she got the alarming news of this disease. The news meant more than just being sick, but the worst part of the disease was now she would be a social outcast, having to announce that I'm unclean everywhere I went. Everyone would have to know about her disease. She is now considered dirty and unclean. This woman would now have to battle social and physical strain every day. What most of us take for granted to do with ease, now she would struggle with daily tasks. For 12 years, she sought a cure and fulfillment in the things of this world. The doctors couldn't heal her, and the medicines and remedies just seemed to make things worse. Physically, she can't take it anymore, and financially, she's at the point of bankruptcy. She had traveled many miles to seeking a solution for her sickness from men, but today, Today, she makes her way to a revival, a church service of sorts. In the process of pursuing the master and seeing all that he'd done, she thought, if I can just touch him, or if I can just get close enough to grab the hem of his garment, then, then I'll be healed. So many of us have thought that if I can just get to church, if I, if I can just get in the presence of God, then, then everything will be okay. If I can just get there, then, then everything will be, be made well. We've prayed with passion. We've, we've sought God with that same heart. I just need to be in his presence. I just need to get close to him. I just need to be where he is. If I can just touch him. The physicians had no success with the treatment of this woman's case, but she had heard of Jesus. Remember, she had this problem. Her trouble was an embarrassing thing. The Bible says that she went into a crowd. How did she get into a crowd? Because she had never been in the crowd before. For 12 years, she had to be isolated. For 12 years, she had to be separated. For 12 years, she had to be alone. So she had to forego the common graces. No excuse me. No Michigan Ope. We say Ope instead of excuse me. None of those things. No pushing her way through. No doing. She just shoved her way through. Forgoing common graces. Because she had to get into the presence of the master. And she showed she tried to reach out. She tried to touch him. She tried to touch Jesus in secret. The woman began her journey, crept her way into the crowd. The woman had heard of Jesus who would be coming into the area, so she made her way to the public forum. It wasn't hard to misplace Jesus. You knew where he was because there was a crowd. Everywhere Jesus went, there was a crowd. So she knew this had to be him. Blind eyes were open, she heard the stories. Deaf ears unstopped, she heard the stories. Maybe, just maybe, he'll heal me. 
Maybe, just maybe, my life will be forever changed in this. Maybe this can happen for me. Quietly and discreetly, she begins to push her way through the crowd, forgoing those common graces. Again, not to bring any attention to who she was. At this point, Jesus is getting really close. She begins to hear that Jesus is on his way to the ruler's house to heal his daughter. Jesus is now as close as he'll ever be to her. The crowd is pressing, so she presses harder. She reaches out from the dirt and touches the border of Jesus' garment. The woman is desperate for her destiny. She's desperate for a change. Jesus had never intended on healing this woman that day. Notice that. It was never an intention. He was going to the ruler's house. But her passion changed his intentions. Her desire to be changed rerouted the Redeemer. It wasn't the touch of Jesus that healed her. It was her touching Jesus that healed her. Up until this point, up until this point in time, people waited for Jesus to come to them. And she was the first one who touched him. In fact, she didn't even touch him, Jake. She simply touched what was touching him. She just touched his garment. Reaching out from the dirt, she grabbed forth and touched his garment. The Bible says the border of his garment, which the border of his garment were where the tassels were. The tassels of his garment were what identified a Jew as a Jew. You know what she touched? She touched the identity of Jesus. She said, oh, I'm tired of being this person. I want to be who you are. I want to be a part of your tribe. I want to be a part of your community. I don't want to be with an issue anymore. I want to be with you. She reached. It wasn't a coincidence that she touched that part of his garment. The message here, I, she reached out and grabbed hold of him. It was his tassel, the thing that identified a Jew as a Jew. She was ready for an identity change. So she just came in contact with his identity. Now, if I could, I'd give you the name of this woman. In the Bible, whenever a, the, the name of a person is, is mentioned, you know that they're significant. But this woman, she has no name. She has no significance. I'm not sure if she was a Kathy or a Danielle, a Tricia, a Shantae, a Alicia, a Beyonce. I don't know. I just know that she's known by her problem. She's known by what consumes her and her time. Wow, think about that. Ah. What would your name be if it was known by what consumes you? What envelops you? What, what's all over? Would you want someone to call you by that name? The woman with the issue of blood. The woman with a problem. She's known by who she hangs out with the most. My issue. That's all I know. We can relate with this girl because sometimes the problem becomes so big in our lives that it swallows up our identity. We've been dating our issue so long. Have you had, ever had something so consume you that you lost sight of yourself as an individual? 
a definite divorce, a erratic economy, temperamental teenagers consume you. She's a woman with the issue of blood. Her issue separated her, and maybe you can relate. Maybe it's not an issue of blood, but an issue of different illness, an issue of drugs, an issue of alcohol, an issue of anger, an issue of depression, an issue of failure, an issue of doubt. Well, now, now, now we can relate. Whatever your issue is, maybe you're the guy with the issue of drugs or alcoholism or pornography. Maybe you're the woman with the issue of depression or trust issues. I've come to tell you today that you can change who you're with. You don't have to be with that anymore. There is a community of believers here today. We're all broken people, really we are. And we're just trying to live this blessed life. We all have our issues. If you're like me, I'm ready to change, change who I'm with. You don't have to be with your issue anymore. You don't have to be with that situation anymore. You can be with Jesus. When the Bible says she touched the hem of his garment, it was as if time stood still. She touched the border, the bottom of his garment. It would have been the dingiest part of his garment. It was the dirtiest part of his garment. It was enough to fix her darkest affliction. The dirtiest part of Jesus was enough to make her clean. If there is any lack in Jesus and there's not, it's better than our best and still has power to do the impossible. Most of the time when people got healed in the Bible, Jesus was coming to them. Most of the time when people got healed in the Bible, Jesus was looking at them, but Jesus was turned around. His back was turned towards her. He was walking in a different direction. She changed him. She did something that had never been done before. Instead of waiting, she touched him. Immediately she was healed. Some of us are waiting, waiting too long. And Jesus said, I'm right here. If you'll just reach out to me, if you'll just come to me, if you'll just go after me. It was there if we were looking at a movie and suddenly the picture stopped and left us looking at this one scene. This extraordinary, moving, beautiful thing about this scene is that all at once amidst the crown, Jesus And there for a moment, it seemed that though there was no one but him and the woman and nothing else existed but her need. It was just, just one poor woman lost in the crowd. But she was someone to whom Jesus gave all of himself and immediately her issue of blood stopped. She was just one among many, yet Jesus met her need. Our needs are never lost among the stuff when it comes to Jesus. The lovely thing about this story from that the moment Jesus was face to face with the woman, there seemed to be nobody there but him and her. It happened in the middle of the crowd, but the crowd was forgotten. And Jesus spoke to that woman if she was the only person in the world. She was poor, unimportant sufferer with a trouble that made her unclean. And yet to the one important person, Jesus said, here I am. I give all myself to you. We are very apt to attach labels to people and treat them according to their relative importance. To Jesus, a person had none of those man-made labels. He or she was simply a human soul in need because love never thinks of people in terms of human worth. Love never thinks of people in terms of human worth. 
Almost everybody would have regarded the woman in the crowd as totally unimportant, but for Jesus, she was someone in need, and so he gave himself to her. God loves each and every one of us as if there was only one of us to love. That's not my up there talking for 35 minutes? That's not your sermon. No, it's not my sermon. It's a good one. It's not mine. It's not the one I come to preach today. Because here's what happens. We read it. Here's what happens. The woman pushes through the crowd, touches the board of his garment, and Jesus stops. And he asks the question, who touched me? Skylar. Woman replies, Lord, there's people everywhere. You ask a question, who touched me? He said, Jesus, no, somebody touched me because virtue has gone out of me. The Bible says that everyone denied. So in this moment, lo, there's only two people that know something amazing has happened. Jesus and the woman. Everybody denied. Here, that's where I think a lot of us are. Many of us, we come to church on Sunday, we get what we need, we have the experience with God. We go to work on Monday and the question's asked, who touched me? Our life was changed in a moment, we were healed, we were transformed, something amazing happened, and the question's asked on Tuesday, who touched me? It was so life-changing, we changed who we were with. Who touched me on Thursday? Who was it? And we deny. It wasn't me. I didn't have a life-changing moment in your presence, though we did. Only two people in that moment, in that story, knew something amazing had happened. The woman with the need and the person who had it. Today, you may have walked in here with issues. You may have come in here with things that you really need God to take care of, and I know He do something amazing in your life. He'll heal your body. Transform you. When the question comes on Tuesday, will you say, it was me? I changed who I was with on Sunday. Scripture goes on to say, you know it, we read it, realizing that she couldn't hide any longer. The Bible says that she came trembling. But this is the lady that pushed through the crowd and reached from the dirt to be changed, but now she's coming trembling, fearful, terrified, desperate for her destiny, but now in the moment, how, what do I do? What's happened here? Realizing I think I know what happened. She lived with this disease for 12 years. Now in this moment, she's going to have to live a new way. She no longer can live with the issue because she's healed. So now she's going to have to live outside the issue. For 12 years, all she's ever known is issue. Now she's going to have to know community again. Sometimes we enjoy the island so much. I'll never make it to the top if I just stay on the island. She came forth trembling and fearful, and she says, Lord, it was me. And Jesus says, daughter, be good cheer. What? Your faith has made you whole. You mean she could have left that day not being whole? 
this being healed? Yep. Because she had a lot of emotional issues. To deal with something for 12 years, it messes with your mind. It messes with your heart. And Jesus says, no, you're whole. So I'm going to challenge you today. I'm going to challenge you to make those steps. To not just in this moment say, I need you, Jesus, and Jesus meets your need. But on Wednesday, you say, you know what? Jesus met my need on Sunday. Jesus changed my life. I changed who I was with. I was with an issue forever. Now I'm with him for eternity. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this room. Maybe today, you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You've never said yes to him. Maybe you've never pushed through a crowd to get into his presence. Maybe you're sitting here today with an issue and you're ready to say, you know what, I'm ready to change who I'm with. No more with this issue, I want to be with you, Jesus. Today, if you'd like to give your life to Christ and say yes to him, maybe for you, you've never done this or it's been a long time. Today, you want to make that decision today. When I count to three, just raise your hand in the air and drop it right back down. Last week, we had seven people say yes to Jesus. Over, over close to six months, we've had 92 people commit their life to Christ. And I know someone will be here today to say yes to him. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices when just one person says yes to him. One person turns their life to Christ. Will that be you today? When I count to three, just slip your hand in the air. And then just a minute, we're going to pray a prayer together. If that's you today, you want to say yes to Jesus. One, two, three. Throw your hand up. Throw your hand up. Hands up. Hands up. Hands up. Awesome. Drop it right back down. Amazing. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. I can't pray for you, but I will pray with you. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I realize today that I need you more than anything else. Today, I change who I'm with. I'm with you, Jesus. Today, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead. Today, I'm with Jesus. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, clap your hands of the Lord and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet.